This is episode number 21 of the Abuse Talk podcast with me, Jennifer Gilmore. Welcome to the Abuse Talk podcast. My name is Jennifer Gilmore. I turned my mess into a message. I'm an author and advocate for women in abusive relationships and believe that together we are louder. Each fortnight, there is a new episode on the Abuse Talk podcast, a series of interviews with those that work in the domestic abuse sector, getting an inside feel for what it's really like in their job role and sharing it with all of you. But today we are sharing something different. We're introducing survivor stories, those who have lived it, experienced it and are willing to share. It's a bit different because tonight I've got my husband and he's going to be sharing what it was like to be in a relationship with somebody who has been in an abusive relationship. So hopefully you'll be able to wrap your heads around it. It's a really nice conversation and we open up. Before we get started, I want to say a big thank you to Rockpool. They're the main sponsors for Hashtag Abuse Talk and they provide industry-leading training and consultancy services for organisations that support people who have been affected by trauma. I originally went on one of their programmes in Hull City um, as a delegate and by the end of that 12-week programme, I basically decided that I needed to raise awareness about what I had experienced and that was my first step into writing a bit about my story, a fictional way, and that is the book Isolation Junction. Um, So you can find out more about Rockpool if you head to their website, rockpool.life, or you can call them on 01803 678 069. I also want to say a thank you to Susan Rahima and Katrina Hay for being patrons on the Abuse Talk tier. You can find out more about that at patreon.com forward slash Jen L. Gilmore. They basically get an inside of what's going on, the app development process that's happening right now. So if you want to check it out and find out more, head to patreon.com forward slash Jen L. Gilmore. Now let's get to that interview. That's what you're waiting for. I hope you're doing well and I'm really excited about this interview but it's not an interview it's just a chill and a chat because I've got my husband with me and it got to a point where I felt it would be a really good idea to talk to my husband and share our relationship with everyone but most importantly what it was like um, to sort of be in a relationship with a survivor of domestic abuse and go through maybe the struggles and the strains of the beginning of our relationship in link to domestic abuse and my experiences. So first of all, I want to say thank you to Rob, my husband, for for agreeing to do this because this is obviously quite personal. It's divulging into our relationship. And whilst I've been quite open on blog posts and social media about our relationship and things I've overcome to do with what I've gone through, Rob hasn't been as sort of vocal, (laughs) and um, but he's always been there to support me, and I always ask him if it's okay to talk about certain areas of our relationship because obviously there have to be boundaries. Um, But I thought what would be a good idea 
because Rob hasn't really been on abuse talk or anything like that, is that we just tell you all a bit about us, really. I know you probably know quite a bit about me already, but I thought it'd be really good to get just a bit more personal. So, um, for those who of you who don't know, I'm a huge chocolate lover. I like to binge watch reality TV. Unfortunately, Teen Mom is one of the what ones I like <sighs> to watch. Um, and really that became because it, it started when I had my first child and I've followed it through 10 years. <laughs> and so I feel a commitment to Teen Mom now. Um, but I do like to read when I get the chance. And most importantly, I really value my time as with the kids and us as a family. So, Rob, hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Goodness. I apologise, everyone, um, for what you're about to hear. Um, <laughs> That's not very nice to see. If everybody could have seen <laughs> us before this, we were, like, nervous and trying to figure it out because this is something that we wouldn't normally do together. <laughs> so, Rob, anyway, tell us um, a bit about you and what you like. Well, you know, I... I absolutely love uh, watching football sporting liverpool that's my way of unwinding in a in a way of not unwinding as i get a bit caught up in the uh, the emotions of it as uh, jen and, and the kids would uh, <laughs> probably tell you um I, I like to to really know how things work i like to break things down mechanically and uh, and, and work out how they work and you know as a kid Anything I was ever bought, I used to take apart and rebuild it. So I've always been very sort of uh, interested in, in knowing how things work. And then I think it's really the kids, you know, and, and Jen, you know, I invested, you know, my life into into whatever they need and, and, and whatever we do going forward. Oh, it, it'll get, it'll get all smushy at some point so let's start off with I that then that smushy. <laughs> <laughs> um well there is something that we have in common <laughs> and that is our love for foxes and we do have a bit of a side story behind that um, but foxes have been a part of our lives since we really first met so if you come into our house you'll see foxes randomly dotted about the place and it was they were involved in our wedding and it's really kind of like a sign for us that things are heading in the right direction to sum it up in an up in a nutshell i don't really want to go through the whole story because we might just we'll be, be, here, it, we'll for be hours. here for hours <laughs> <laughs> but they're significant to us um so let's rewind time on a podcast right now and go back to when I first met Rob and we both had our first <laughs> encounter I'm gonna say encounter that sounds I'll a put bit here, I'll put, I've got some guidelines so we don't keep going off script don't, don't, and... don't mean when we first met <laughs> yeah basically when we first met and it says Jen set the scene what we went through etc and really we met um at work so Rob was my manager at work and I was just a Christmas temp. <laughs> it sounds so funny thinking about it now. But um, I was separated from my ex-partner, although there was uh, complications to do with living arrangements. And, you know, one minute he was there, one minute he wasn't. And, 
it was just all a bit of a, a horrible situation mm. and the reason why I got a, a temp job really was for me to get some funds together to basically sort that situation out somehow um unfortunately I did have I was really kind of financially ruined at that point anyway so any money for me at that moment in time was going to help the situation so Rob was my manager at work oh, and nice. um I don't know what did you what was your first impressions of me well my first impressions of you were was that i, I didn't actually interview for the job it, i actually got <laughs> someone else to interview you mm. um and and looked at your cv and and was impressed but then you know sort of wondering you know you had you had listed on there that you had a a business that you were running and i don't know it, it struck me it's like oh why why would she have a business and want a job mm. um but you know, when I first met you, you know, I, I just thought you were a lovely person. You know, kind, hardworking, prepared to sort of get stuck in and and you know get through. You know, back then in retail, get through the day, especially over Christmas, as as anyone who's ever been or worked in retail will know, it is <laughs> bedlam. I enjoyed it, <laughs> um, and and I think for me, you know, that was that was really my last year working in retail and I was I was more than ready to to uh to stop working in retail by that point yeah I mean when you first met me I was in this obviously already uh, not so good situation and um I tried to hide it as best as I could um tried to pretend that everything was normal that my life was normal um, I tried to cover up a few things on my social media because I think I needed to have some kind of escapism. Mm. Um, but you kind of saw through that to a certain degree. Well, I always, I always sort of look back now with hindsight, and and I would sort of, I'd, I'd, I'd not sort of research people, but I'd get to know sort of people, you know, on you know, you know what what they were sort of doing online, you know, and. Yeah, what well, the person that I sort of met, I don't think was really the person that she was. Mm. You know, there was a mask on. There was just something that didn't quite, that didn't quite fit. Not that that Jen wasn't nice or anything like that, but that there was something sort of behind the mask that was was there. And, and for me, it was always her eyes. You know, she always had a beaming smile, but she always had sad eyes. Um, you know, so. And and, and 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 as a manager, I always felt that I had a, a duty of care to to try and help people as and where we can. Although we're selling computer games, that doesn't mean that <laughs> that doesn't mean that we can't you can't look out for 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 each other and and help each other through whether or not they're a Christmas temp or whether a you know full time member of staff, you know. Mm. And that was that was really my first impression is that you know things just sort of don't don't add up here mm. yeah whereas I've, I've i I was a manager for for nine years and and i worked for you know in retail for 11 years you know so i interviewed and i've worked with an awful lot of people across the country yeah you know so you sort of get used to to meeting people and you get used to get used to the good ones and you get used to the not so good <laughs> ones you know and and the vibes that they give off and and jen was a bit more unique mm. And I think it's fair to say that as we got to know each other, um, 
you know, the story unfolded and that originally was in that manager position that there were struggles with childcare, for example, because he would let it down last minute. He didn't like the fact that I worked in a, a gaming store because he was a gamer and, um, and I was too, to be honest. And he didn't like that I'd taken that first step really into my freedom and getting yeah. a job. So he made it as difficult as possible in terms of childcare and, and sorting everything out with that side. Um, and that didn't that put a lot of pressure on me. I remember times coming into work and physically being sick um, and trying to hide it the best as I could. And I think one day you caught me maybe in the staff room, upset, crying. Um, and really that's where things then sort of left not maybe the boundary of of manager um but we got a, a friendship going yeah, didn't we i was we? gonna say you know it was very much about you know it was very much about getting away from from work mm. you know and and at the end of the day you know the, the you, know, you 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 were a human being who was in in distress and 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 I didn't do for you what I wouldn't do for anyone who worked mm. for me you needed some help at that particular time and whether that's a shoulder to cry on or you know you need to sort of go and go over and sort yourself out kind of thing you know that's fine you know it's all about trying to to make sure that everyone is is okay mm. as as best you can but I, I I would think that that's when I really stopped being your manager and, and became a friend mm. because actually there's just more important things in life than selling computer games and things in general, you know, there was something clearly not right. Mm. And, and that's what I was going to say is you recognise that there was something going on in my life or the way I was being treated was incorrect um, well, because... It's, it, it's just not the way I would have... Mm. You know, I, I I I had my own issues, and 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 you know, we all make mistakes in life, and we're all you know hard to live with at times. But you know, there, there comes a point where you draw a line and you stop because you know there's there's a definite line between acting, you know, being angry or having arguments with people, and then there's there's definite a definite line that you cross between what I was starting to see. Mm -hmm. It's not 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 the way I would have ever have wanted to sort of see anyone treated really yeah and i think um really what ha what happened is that that as our friendship developed you know i used to call you up maybe upset i used to message you quite a lot you were sort of the person the only person really that knew sort of the insides of what was going on uh, uh, in our in that in that situation because I'd exhausted everyone. I hadn't seen my family properly for two years. I hadn't gone home to my hometown in Hull for two years. I hadn't, I'd lost friends or they'd got tired of listening to the same thing over and over again. Um, I'd lost touch with many people. And so I didn't really have that many people left around me. Yeah. Um, and so I think you became somebody that I confided in and, you know, well, you I didn't really have any other options. <laughs> that sounds really awful now. But you listened. I just listened. Yeah. And and yeah, the thing is, that some people in this world 
are good at listening and some <laughs> people in this world are not good at listening yeah you know and, and if you happen to get one of those people who's not good at listening then you 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 you're always going to feel as if you've got you've never quite got whatever whatever the problem is off your chest yeah and i think for you you know I'm, i am a good listener yeah without blowing my Obviously. own trumpet <laughs> without blowing my own trumpet lasted you know this long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, without blowing my own trumpet i am a good listener you know yeah. and there's nothing wrong with saying that. That's just something that well, you've learned f- or a personality trait that you've got. Um, I can say that I'm not so good at listening. I have to really work hard to listen to people, and that is really hard in you know with domestic abuse and listening to people and and their things. And I have to really really focus. But for you, it just comes naturally. And um, anyway, so what happened? Um, after, after sort of getting to know each other and becoming friends, Rob learned obviously more and more about that situation and what was going on. And I was starting to have sort of threats and covert threats. And it wasn't so much uh, physical violence. It was, I'm going to throw you out um, of our house, etc. Um, even though he'd moved out, moved back in, moved out. And I was obviously three and a half hours down the motorway from my family mm. and really just didn't know what to do. So Rob actually helped me put things into some kind of perspective and obviously with the, with the job and having some kind of income, I managed to get some shared accommodation, which was really temporary and very oh, short term um, because the situation well, you, got to a point where we just, oh, what, what could you, you have just, done? You, I had nowhere you, to go you really. You needed space yeah. from, from that situation and there were hard choices that had to be made with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately that's the thing that gave you the space allowed you to regroup and then push forward with, with your own opinions and your own thoughts mm. I mean what can you, can you tell everyone what it was like in those like first couple of weeks where I had were outside of that situation well, I, always, I, was I like... always remember the first sort of couple of days rather than the first couple of weeks the mm. first couple of days um you know, it, it was like watching a drug addict coming off a drug because all you did was crash. Mm. You, you you slept something, like, something ridiculous uh, continuously for something like 17 hours. Mm. Um, and then after that, you know, you you're agitated and, and confused about what you, what you, what you were going to do and where you're going to go and, and whatnot. And, and, you know, and then as the sort of weeks progressed, you know, that started to, to calm down and you started to sort of regain control of, of your emotions. Mm. Because I don't think if you'd have re- not regained control of your emotions, you'd have probably still or fallen back into that situation. Yeah. Because it took immense mental discipline for you to to say, no, I've drawn the line. Yeah. And I'm not going any further now. And I think that was the thing for you. It's, it's whenever you're ever you're on the way down, it's it's doing where rock bottom is. Mm. And I think you've found your rock bottom finally. I mean, like even though we can't claim any medical claims or anything, my health was pretty poor at that particular time, and I just that exhaustion, you know, as you said, you know, sort of like. Mentally. trying to recover from it I, yeah i don't think you were physically exhausted i think mm. you were absolutely mentally drained yeah and 
so then what happened is we took steps forward um, and Rob came down to Hull, which was my first visit back to Hull in two years, and what? it was quite emotional. Well, I thought it was, but yeah, even when we were talking about that, I, I couldn't quite, at that time, understand why you hadn't been... Yeah. You know, to, to me, it made no sense. Well, go and see your family. I'd never had that kind of restriction on me Yeah. my whole life where I couldn't go and see someone. And... and what better way than to to break the ice yeah. than to get down here and and sort of make those connections again. Yeah, and I think that was the wake up call that I needed as well. I mean I had two, obviously, um at that at to this point and we're sort of having to go through the story so you can get a true glimpse into what our relationship was like right at the beginning because it was built on this foundation of stress. And um, basically, Rob was there right at the beginning of me starting to get out um, properly, clean cut well, it, out it, of it, the relationship. Because I was, even though he he would say he was still in the relationship because he used to play games, I had been separated from him for about three to four months. But obviously, the living situation wouldn't have displayed that, and so it was almost like we were still in that situation together, and so Rob really was with me right at the beginning of that real freedom of escape. Well, it was trying to, find, it was say, trying yeah. to find you, you know, you was getting the confidence in, in making, making the decision that you weren't then scared of a repercussion from that decision. Yeah. So even coming to Hull, you know, took a bit of persuading. Yeah. Um, you know, not only you know, not not only the stuff that was going on, but, you know, going back mm-hmm. after two years, you know, so there's a lot of emotions there. And, and, and like, we, we didn't just visit my dad. We <laughs> we went to see my aunties and there was, like, a little meeting about I, I'd situation. say interrogation. But... <laughs> interrogation. But actually, that is something that I needed. And to be honest, like, that was the first time, really, that I could believe or not not believe but accept and not have any a voice telling me otherwise mm. that somebody was there to help me um not not just rob but my whole family were there ready to help well, it was breaking the ice it was finally mm. getting getting you to see the the there were people there not just me there was there was your family that was there to sort of support you maybe not financially but certainly emotionally mm. and 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 in other ways the family's health but they did. They all put together did, financially yeah. as well um, to help me to get a property in Hull. Um, although that still wasn't good enough for the the rentals and Rob basically had to put his name down because, let's face it, there's so many strings to do with domestic abuse and, and so many different things to do with councils. So I couldn't actually put my name on a property because I was still under the deeds of a council property in Chester. Oh. So that was like well, another I, thing. So I, Rob basically had to put his name down so that I would get to be able to move into a property. Well, I, I couldn't <laughs> believe the amount of bureaucracy mm. we had to go through in a situation where I would say it was very desperate. The, yeah, the, the situation. I mean, I went, you went to the housing association; they didn't want to help. Went to well, no one seemed the to want local to help. council; they couldn't help. Um, obviously, hopefully, things have changed a lot since then. I say it a know, lot. And, I don't and, want to say a lot. I want to say I hope things have and, changed. And every time we didn't get an answer or or there was no help there, it was like, well, I'm going to help this person. This mm. this isn't right. This isn't right that that someone who 
is saying that they need help because of this situation, you know, and and they're trying to sort of break free from it, is then being forced mm. into sort of staying there because, well, tough. Uh, well, it's tough because you don't you don't you don't you don't fit our criteria. criteria. Yeah. Um, it didn't happen. It didn't exist. Um, tough. And basically what happened is obviously Rob put his name name down on the property and I became like the tenant or whatever. Um, but I think the main thing to the main thing that I wanna focus on right here and and part of our relationship and what it's built on, um, is like the selfless act that Rob did to help me and he didn't have to. He basically gave up his job, um his career, his his family that lived over the other side of the country and moved over to help and support me. Um, and obviously things changed from friendship to r- romantic relationship at some point. I can't actually remember where because actually it wasn't about our intimacy uh, as such in the beginning. It was more about support really I, f- I felt supported yeah. and it wasn't something that I had for a long a long time. So when we moved down to Hull and with two kids, um, our relationship was about to start, right? <laughs> well, the, the, I, think, no. I, th- I think, I think, well, no, I, in, I, I think in, the thing is, is that, is that no one maybe appreciates that there's, there's, there was no guarantee that, that us moving down here, you know, with a van load of secondhand stuff and you know that that it was going to last it was going to work you know or or the, either one of us would would feel different you know but it was all built on this this trust and this promise that that we had made to each other you know i i i made jen the promise and the trust that i would i would look after her and the kids and and do the absolute best i could and she made the, the, the pretty much the same that she would look after me because i was on on my own in a in a new city across the country, you know, and eight weeks ago I was, I was managing a, a <laughs> store going into Christmas, and come come the January February, that's all gone, you know. I, I, but like, but like I say, I, I was ready to leave retail. Mm-hmm. You know, leaving the job was not the hard part. You know, I was ready. I was done with it. Um, I'd absolutely had enough of it. But you know, I think com- it was coming it. across here gave me. A fresh start and a fresh perspective, yeah. but I'd also made huge, huge com- commitment to someone, and well, not just someone, to three people. Yeah, and I wasn't going to let my commitment, you know, not work. And I guess when I say our relationship started in in Hull, it it wasn't really like that, was it? Because the situation changed to us going in and out of the family courts, um, to solicitors, to all the financial stress with that. So not only do we both have no jobs, <laughs> we've now got this massive financial pressure that, oh my goodness, how on earth are we going to get through this and, and whatnot. And so we just did not have a normal start to our relationship. And I feel like we've done everything backwards, but going back to that beginning and thinking back on it i just don't even know how how we got through it in this or why would why would you even put yourself through (laughs) through that to be honest because because i you know 
I'd made a promise and a commitment to you. Mm. And, and and actually, I I did I I loved you back then. You know, <laughs> I, I you know, I, I didn't I didn't fall in in love with you a year or two years after we moved to Hall. You know, I I I was in love with you when I made that decision, and I wasn't going to to not let it work. And and we did whatever we needed to. We had help along the way, you know, from, from parents and so on and so forth, you know, so that, that got us through and, and it was like battles. Yeah. We faced, you know, for the first sort of three years of being here, it was battle after battle after battle. And actually that just built our resolve as a, as a couple, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's really why, you know, we've, we've been through an awful lot together in a very short space of time. And that's why I think we're strong because you know, we we've stared down the barrel of a gun an awful lot. Yeah. Financially, emotionally, physically, you know, and we've always found an answer, a solution. But more importantly, we've always kept our commitment to each other, mm. which was that we wouldn't leave each other. In terms of you know, we would always be there to support the other one, no matter what, through those good moments through those bad moments Mm -hmm. well uh, you know as rob said it was an extremely stressful situation um right in those the early year three years of of our relationship um and i did get some support after i finally came to terms with what had happened and the realization i think it's fair to say that you knew it was an unhealthy relationship way before I did because I remember a moment when we were in the shared accommodation and you were telling me that I should look up Women's Aid or something that you'd found on Google because you were sort of looking about and searching well, I'm trying to, for I think it's trying to educate myself. You know, yeah. when I mentioned I like to see how things work, well, it's, it's educating myself. I read a lot. I don't read a lot of books, but I read a lot of articles online about well, a great many boring things. <laughs> But I didn't understand the what Jen was saying in terms of um, you know coercive. What 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 did that word actually mean? Mm. And you know, and, and you start digging around, and then I came across I can't remember who it was. What what was the web page? I think it was the Women's Aid. I think web, it was Women web, pa- Women's web Aid page with the questionnaire. Well, it went through the questionnaire, and it went through you know does this happen yes or no yeah, mm. does this and and it was like and, and just from what jenna told me it was like well i think as an outsider looking in mm-hmm. that she she ticks most of those boxes of, of yes that has happened or that is happening mm-hmm. but you know as as well, i think we're all guilty of at times when we don't want to see what's in you know the plain sight of us then we choose to to find reasons as to why it's not doesn't fit us mm. I think as soon as Jen, you know, did the the quiz, I can't, was it a quiz or an article? I yeah, can't, remember, was, what, I can't I quite remember quiz, what it yeah. was now. You know, and she accepted it, and I accepted it. I don't it. think I did. Well, <laughs> I think it took me months to sort of. I under, I think what I would say is like I I appreciated what you did, and you gave me this quiz, and yes, I answered yes to um, most of the questions, but in my head I was like, well, there's one there. 
that I didn't take yes to. So I'm still not in that situation. And even though it says, if you tick yes to any of these boxes, for me, I was like, it can't be that bad because I didn't tick all of the boxes. And I was very much in this. But it's baby steps. Yeah. It's baby steps. And, and, and that was the big thing with you is the, I just took my time you know, yeah. in terms of, you know, you, you accepted it because, well, we looked at it and it was like, okay, we didn't tick one, that's fine. All the other stuff still happened. Yeah. And it was baby steps, it was realisation. Yeah, and I think, so I got my first bit of support and I think it was nine months after the relationship had ended. Yeah. Um, between me and my ex. And that was really through that perseverance of, of you, Rob, for saying, you know, I think there should be some support out there and, you know, working with even the solicitor, mm. try, trying to actually put that into a statement. It was really difficult to say what happened to me and it was okay putting it down on paper, but it didn't mean that I had accepted that those words, you know, domestic abuse, um, were something labelled to me. I didn't want to be labelled is what I think it was. For, for me, I think it was about... You know, it was about you you seeing it written down. Mm. You know, sometimes you don't see it. You'll believe it until you see it. Yeah. And I think as soon as you saw it and then you're piecing little things together that you then go, well, this, this is my life. I have laid out the last however many years in front of me and, and this is what has happened. Accepting. I think it's the reactions of people as well. You know, like when people did find out, or even my solicitor, or when I eventually got a support worker, when when I went through things with you on our the early parts of my relationship, and people's like shocked expressions, or really, you know, that really happened, or and you know, and I was like, is it that bad? And for me, it was changing the was it that bad to that was because I've now know that was wrong. How, how bad's bad? Yeah. You know, and and I would say it was bad. Yeah. But I saw that <laughs> when I met you, you know, it was like, oh, this is bad. Mm. You know, this, this should not be happening, you know, and uh, what... Yeah, why, why it took you nine months? Well, I'm surprised it took you nine months. Mm. You had to retrain. Yeah. And you needed the confidence, and, 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 and that's all baby steps, you know, in, in terms of gaining that, that confidence, you know, not having to ask permission for things, or not feeling like you have to ask permission to do things or go out or, <laughs> you know, so on and so forth, you know, and trying to... I suppose it's it's like trying to rebuild someone, but their confidence, you know, the confidence is absolutely in pieces. And, mm. and how do you rebuild that? You rebuild it with patience. You rebuild it with with looking out for them, so that you know, if they make a mistake or they, they do something wrong, it's 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 not the end of the world, and it can be fixed. Little things can be fixed. You know. And uh, as I always say, the word hopelessness has the word hope in it. <laughs> yeah, and it does. He has all these sayings. Oh, yes. <laughs> we could fill a whole podcast with your sayings. <laughs> but how else? Yeah. You know, what, what else? What else are you going to do? 
Mm. You know, are you going to carry on, you know, beating yourself up about what has happened or are we going to try and move on? Can't fix it. Certain elements which can never be fixed, but we could certainly move on and you can certainly have a nice life. You know, and hopefully the further we get away from that time period, the more happy memories you fill it with. And that's that's really what I was always trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately we had yeah, yeah, a few more <coughs> crappy memories. Oh, to... <laughs> I don't think I, if I I don't think anyone would believe the amount of stuff we've had to go through aside from this. It you know, it's just not it's just not normal. <laughs> I don't want to say it's not normal. Um well we talked about me getting support and I remember in the early parts of the relationship I read between lines I was paranoid along with having anxiety and depression um, not accepting that I needed medication for it in the beginning and then finally accepting it I had a big trust issue over anybody and that kind of included you as well despite what you did and in your help um, and intimacy was also going going to be uh, an issue for me because there were things that happened in in the other relationship that I wasn't happy with and and what he did to me wasn't acceptable and so what how 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 did you really get through that in in terms of you had no support and I think that's the key here and what I want to mention to everybody is that what support is there for partners, new partners especially, with the intimacy side or is this normal behaviour? Because for me, I did, I was very a very different person back then because of what had happened to me. Well, I think I've never found any support networks, websites out there. Now, I could be wrong, you know, but mm. I've never found them. But I also never really went massively hunting for them. Because for me, it, it was it, it was really simple. Support. Take a deep breath and be calm. Mm. And actually, you know, don't don't get too het up about yeah you know, about about what might be going on. You know, so you know if if I'm accused of something, if I haven't done it, well then the truth will always come out if you haven't done something. And the same way as you know, the truth will come out if you have done something. I was mm. always, I've always been quite calm. If I haven't done something, I haven't done something, you know. But I, I, I was also very much like, well, we'll make this work. This is a phase of of coming out of the relationship that you were in, and and that phase won't last forever because as you hopefully build that confidence and and we build that trust because we had just sort of we haven't <laughs> been together very long oh yeah you know and it was all about just building that trust that trust and 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 actually if i said i was going to do something i made sure i did it yeah because that helped us build trust mm. you know whether or not that's that big or little things it didn't really matter it was all about trust you know if if i was going to be home at a certain time i was just home at a certain time at mm. that time because then that builds trust. Mm. Yeah, if I was going to be late, I would say I was late. Mm. And, and I think that it was there was like certain certain memories I remember where I just did not cope very well with, and some are very upsetting to sort of th think back about. But I remember you went out for a, a work social, and I 
you said you were going to be back at this time and you weren't and I was freaking out thinking you were having an affair or sleeping with someone or and I, and I and it's if anybody has met my husband they would be like why on earth did you think this because you're not in that way because you're so loyal and you're kind and there's just nothing there that would say this is going to happen if you're with this person and clearly that has shown throughout our years as in a relationship why why, why would i want to go and yeah why would i want to go and put <laughs> Jeopardise. After you've given up all that. Well, as yeah, well. I mean, yeah, some of this is, yeah, why, why would I want to go and jeopardise what, what I um, have worked hard towards mm. rebuilding? And, and let's face it, you know, we're both in our 30s now. You know, <laughs> our 20s were good in part, bad in part. Yeah. You know, good memories, bad memories, you know, and, and we paid the price of those bad mistakes that we made. Mm. You know, well, why would I want to go and jeopardise anything now? Yeah, yeah. I'm not an angel. Yeah, but what I, don't, I, mean, I don't always get things right. <laughs> what I mean is, um, you know, you had, you obviously you're saying that you maybe knew that this was a, an outcome of that relationship, that old relationship, um, and it took me a long time to recognise that and to realise that. And there was, <clears throat> if you would have had some kind of support, whether that was just a friend's or a network or just somewhere to sort of chat or a familiar person that that would have helped because or I think it would have helped and I think the penny kind of dropped when I think we met up with someone or crossed paths or I'd been speaking to a friend and her partner was having issues um I don't want to say issues I'm going to say you know frustration because he couldn't he couldn't understand the way she was or, you know, mm. it, the same kind of struggles as us, but had no one to talk to about it. And then when I had a conversation, he was just like, I, I should really meet up with your husband for a beer because I reckon we would be able to just voice it there and, and be able to talk about it because then it's that, that shared knowledge as well, isn't it? And that reassurance that you're not going I'm, insane. I'm or... telling you. <laughs> there were times where I thought, for goodness sake, you know, <laughs> this is silly. But what, again, what's the options? Well, you know, if I if I push back too hard, I mean, and and you know, I didn't sit there all the time and 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 take what Jen was saying, you know, lying down as such. We did have arguments because you know mm. relationships are built on arguments because the you don't have an argument, someone's getting their own way. But they're healthy arguments because they were finding boundaries, we're building trust, mm. you know. So I, I would push back and say, well, that's totally ridiculous, you know. You can have have full access to anything you'd like, you know. <laughs> it's, it's not a problem. You know, for me, it wasn't a problem because, again, it's a phase in terms of you, you feeling confident and secure. Mm. And how else can I can, how else can I make you feel confident and secure? I can make you feel confident and secure by taking away whatever the issue was and whether that was your phone or you you didn't tell me you were going to be late you know well okay well in future i will i will put something in place so that next time mm. you do feel more secure if 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 i get if i'm waylaid yeah for whatever reason <laughs> but there isn't any, there isn't any support out there but you know sounding boards would would have been good at that time a lot of mental resilience yeah i had to use and and there was a lot of times <laughs> where you know don't say anything don't react to it yeah you know but then as our relationship has 
you know, as we as we got married and you know I, I do buy back now if <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, uh, yeah because because you're at that stage where I think the the you know you if you're being if I, if I think you're being a bit silly I'll say yeah and and you will do the same for me you know this isn't and I think it I think it's fair to say you still have um our our early parts of our relationship and the way you were in you now so even just a, a couple of months ago when I had a, a bit of a bad episode really and I was pretty much off for maybe just up to a week and you just knew what to do and what not to do in it you know to help me yeah. and I think it's that that builds the trust that builds the the, it's okay, I, I don't need to worry inside of me. I don't have to feel like I need to defend myself or put a shield up. And most of the time, I'm pretty honest with you, aren't I now? I'll say, do you know what? I had a dream about this and it's affecting me today or this has happened or I had this conversation and or if it's a really bad thing, I'll say, I don't know how I'm even processing this right now. And I'm very open about it because I feel like I've learned throughout the, those years. Well, I like to think that, that the thing that, that we built together, I mean, this isn't me, this is me helping you, you know. I have always said that it's it's maybe a term that I shouldn't get, you know, I, I rescued or, or, <laughs> or anything like that. I don't feel like that. So I didn't do anything. It was you who had to make all the hard decisions, not me, you know, and... and we, we, we just have to build that trust you know this is not nothing amazing that i've ever done i've just be i've just tried to be cool and calm you know and and, and try to sort of hold my tongue if 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 that's not sort of the best thing to sort of get through the particular topic that we're talking about but you know there, there are times that you know i get frustrated but you know what what what's better? Is it better that we have a screaming argument, or is it better <laughs> that we both take an hour, calm down, and then try and talk it through? It doesn't always work. It's not perfect, you know. But we always get there in the end. And and I would say we could probably have a more more of a normal argument now because we'll go a couple of days mm. where we're maybe not chatting an awful lot. I mean, we do work with each other at home. Mm. You know, we spend a lot of time with each other, so you know, sometimes you know that will work, but not say an awful lot. Mm. Yeah, you know, so, but I think that's probably more normal now than it ever has been. Yeah. You know, and, and actually, there's there's no pressure to force the apology or make make it up, is there? No, and I mean, I've I've spoken about methods and things that we've done in our relationship <laughs> to help. And... and if you want to find out about our methods and follow the conversation from there, unfortunately, we've had to split this podcast episode into two parts. Otherwise, it would have been super long. But we hope you have enjoyed it to this point. And the next um, part of this will actually be... Um, broadcast onto the podcast on the 16th of July because we have a live broadcast on YouTube on the 1st of July and that's with um, a lady talking about the armed forces and what support is there. So I'm sorry there's a bit of a wait for part two but I hope it's worth it and I hope you have enjoyed hearing a bit about our journey and what we've been through. 
If anybody did have any questions for us, we're always open to answer any questions. So please do pop them in. You can do that via email at contact at jennifergilmore.com or find me on social media at Abuse Talk Online. You have been listening to Jennifer Gilmore, author of Isolation Junction and Clipped Wings. You can find them both on Amazon or head to jennifergilmore.com.